plus 500 Christmas tree growers in Illinois we have tucked. Artificial trees will last for six years in your home, but for centuries in a landfill. Ah, well. <sighs> okay. Well, I've had my tree for more than six years. Yeah. And I haven't been around for a couple of centuries to know whether or not an artificial tree is going to last that long in a landfill. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is a questionable statement. <laughs> you, I do. You, you're willing to go to bat. I am so. Yeah, good. Okay, let's see. I'm using, uh, using small candles to light Christmas tree dates back to the 19th century when Americans cut their trees in nearby forests. Hello. You know, big deal. Um, came up with the idea of electric lights for... Does this sound right? Thomas Edison's assistant, Edward Johnson, who, by the way, died um, before Thomas Edison, came up with the idea of electric lights for Christmas trees in 1882? I don't know. I, I'm not an expert on Thomas Albert Edison, but I think the lights were invented about that time. Yeah, but, but for Christmas trees? I thought it was originally for street lights, but I don't. I do not know. Well, they, I think it was the Vanderbilts. Uh, somebody's going to have to help me with this, but I believe it was the Vanderbilts that had the first Thomas Edison lights installed in their home, mm -hmm. and they were only good for an hour or two, uh, and they had to shut down. And he didn't use AC DC. He only used alternating current, and he. He sort of caused some problems along the way because he insisted that AC was what you had to stick with, and of course AC/DC is what you needed to do. And uh, there were a few fires. He blew out. He he actually knocked out all the electric stations in New York one time. Boy, I bet his, I, I bet his electricity bill was up there. <laughs> I bet his bill altogether was up there. All right, let's see the history of Christmas tree lights. All right. I have no idea. See, you know, you never know who's copying from what. You get one person who puts up a piece of information, and everybody cookie cutters it all over the place. Cookie cutters it? Yeah, that's about right. Mm -hmm. um, and we're Hibbert Johnson. All right. Well, let's trust Wikipedia. Martin Grahams will have a stroke. <laughs> uh, what? You're, you're laughing at me. Well, we got an inside joke. Well, you know, and, and Martin has a point. Martin Grams is one of old-time radio's most prolific authors, and um, he has a real aversion to using Wikipedia, and with good reason. I mean, he's he is an expert, and expert, I guess, is the, is the best and seasoned researcher. Mm -hmm. And for a researcher, Wikipedia is not a place to be because it is open invitation to contributions. So I could put up something that says the Lone Ranger's horse was really brown and they played pretend that it was white and it would be up there until somebody found it and changed it and, and took it down. I have a little bit more faith in people and will use Wikipedia as a jumping off point and say, okay, this looks pretty good. Let me see if I can confirm this in other places. So you don't take Wiki as the be-all, end-all, but I'm not, I'm not an enemy, an enemy of those, what is it, a, a friend to those who yeah, need a friend? Uh, yeah, an, an, an enemy to those who need a box and blackie. Yeah, but yeah. what's the rest of it? A friend to those who need a friend and an enemy 
I don't know. To help you, Walden. Isn't you Dunning, know everything. Oh, boy, would that have been a good question? It's in Dunning's book. I know it's in Dunning's book, but you didn't know. I should have asked that question. Tomorrow I have to have a question ready for you. Okay, let's see here. Reporter. Uh, Last evening I walked beyond Fifth Avenue and called at the residence of Edward H. Johnson, Vice President of Edison's Electric Company, although Johnson's address at the time, da, 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 da. he became known as the father of Christmas tree lights, and that was in December 22, 1882. I'll be darned. And the light bulbs were the size of walnuts. They were blue. Oh, wait a minute here. Hand-wired with 80 red, white, and blue electric light bulbs, each one the size of a walnut. Blue is my favorite color, so I'm glad it made it. Yeah, that's nice. Blue blue Christmas lights are pretty. Mm-hmm, they are. Okay, so give us a call. What Christmas song could you live without for the rest of your life? What color Christmas lights do you prefer on your tree or on decorations? What did you have for dinner tonight? That one was mine. Food, that one was mine. I'll take responsibility Food. for that one. So give us a call, 274. No, I keep doing that. 714 545 2071. And if you answer a question, you even get some radio shows. If not, if you don't call us pretty soon, we'll play a radio show. Yeah, we'll do that. That's the ticket. Or else we'll play a record, a song from a TV show. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could you do that now? Yeah, yeah, we can do that now. Oh, great. Do you have it all queued up and everything? I'm ready to go. Okay, what we have here is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It is the narration by Boris Karloff, who does or did the narration for the annual animated presentation of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He has such a wonderful voice. I don't think another person could have done the Grinch the way, and I I mean, he wasn't the Grinch, but he narrated the Grinch. I don't think anybody else could have come close to his performance in this. So... Walton has it, and we're going to play it. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart 
was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the wall lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now, hanging a holly who wreath. Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff, like bingo balls and hoo-hoo fluff. Trim up the town with goo-hoo gums and there's no pinks and wands. Trim every blessed window and trim every blessed door. Hang up hoo-hoo-hoo picks. racing round on their wheels. They'll dance with jing tinglers tied onto their heels. They'll blow their flu-flubers, they'll bang their tartinkers. They'll blow their hoo-hoobers, they'll bang their gaskinkers. They'll beat their trum they'll slam their slu-slunkers. They'll beat their blum blukers They'll whack their hoo-wonkers. And they'll play noisy games like Zuzita Kaze, a roller skate type of lacrosse and croquet. And then they'll make ear-spitting noises to looks on their great big electro-hoo-cardio schnooks. Then the who's young and old, will sit down to a feast. And they'll feast, and they'll feast, and they'll feast, 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 feast. They'll feast on hoo pudding and rare hoo roast beast. Raw oh, roast beast is a feast I can't stand in the least. And then they'll do something I hate most of all. 
every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, will stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. They'll stand hand in hand. Those who's start singing. Did that stop the Grinch? Ha! The Grinch simply said, If I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. So he took his dog Max, and he took some black thread, and he tied a big horn on the top of his head. Then he loaded some bags and some old empty sacks on a ramshackle sleigh, and he whistled for Max. <whistles> then the Grinch said, Get up! And the sleigh started down toward the homes where the Who's lay a snooze in their town. were dark. No one knew he was there. All the who's were all dreaming sweet dreams without care. When he came to the first little house on the square. This is stop number one. The old Grinchy Claws hissed as he climbed to the roof, empty bags in his fist. He slid down the chimney, a rather tight pinch, but if Santa could do it then, so could the Grinch. He got stuck only once, for a minute or two, 
Then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue with a little whose stockings hung all in a row. These stockings he grinched are the first things to go. Then he slithered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around the whole room and he took every present. Popguns, pampoonas, pantukas and drums, checkerboards, bisselbinks, popcorn and plums. And he stuffed them in bags, then the crinch very nimbly, stuffed all the bags one by one up the chimbley. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Given the choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. Then he slunk to the icebox. He took the Who's Feast. He took the Who Pudding. He took the roast beast. He cleaned out the icebox as quick as a flash. Why, that Grinch even took the last can of hoo-hash. Then he stuffed all the food up the chimney with glee. And now, grinned the Grinch, I will stuff up the tree. As the Grinch took the tree, as he started to shove, he, he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove. He turned around fast and he saw a small hoo. Little Cindy Lou, who, who was no more than two, she stared at the Grinch and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? But you know, that old Grinch was so smart and so slick, he thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. Why, my sweet little tot, the fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on this tree that, that won't light on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. And his fib fooled the child. Then he patted her head and he got her a drink and he sent her to bed. And when Cindy Lou Who was in bed with her cup, he crept to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. Then he went up the chimney himself, the old liar, and the last thing he took was the log for their fire. On their walls, he left nothing but hooks and some wire. And the one speck of food that he left in the house was a crumb 
that was even too small for a mouse. Then he did the same thing to the other Who's houses, leaving crumbs much too small for the other Who's mouses. You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch. You're a nasty, wasty skunk. Your heart is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. You're a rotter, Mr. Grinch. You're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap. Overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable. Mangled up in tangled up knots. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch, with a nauseous super nos. You're a crooked jerky jockey and you drive a crooked horse, Mr. Grinch. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. It was a quarter of dawn, all the who's still abed, all the who's still a snooze. He packed up his sled, packed it up with their presents, their ribbons, their wrappings, their snoof and their fuzzles, their tringlers and trappings. Ten thousand feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. He was grinchily humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang over the minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low. Then it started to grow. Sound sounded glad. 
Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing. Without any presence at all, he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzle of a saw. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches plus two. And now that his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. With a smile in his soul, he descended Mount Crumpet, cheerily blowing ho ho on his trumpet. He rode into Whoville, he brought back their toys, he brought back their floof to the Who girls and boys. He brought back their snoop and their tringlers and fuzzles. Brought back their pantukas, their dafflers and wuzzles. He brought everything back, all the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. Bring your cheer, cheer to all who's far and near. Christmas Day is in our grasp, so long as we have hands to clasp. Christmas Day will always be just as long as we have been. Welcome Christmas while we stand, heart to heart and hand in hand. Princess is smarter than I am any day of the week. Right? Are we on the air? Yep. Everybody knows I'm a princess? Of course. Oh, my goodness. I'm an adorable princess tonight. You are. You are. Very good. It's the night before Christmas and all through the house. Well, in the adorable, my neck of the woods, it is Christmas. The adorable princess is out, is out and about. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She's, she's bringing, <laughs> she's bringing Christmas cheer Everybody to... take cover. She's loose. She's bringing all the Christmas cheer to all the girls and boys. Looking for Santa, riding high on his sleigh with eight tiny reindeers. Which doesn't rhyme, but I'll just give it up. Anyway. I think we're losing it tonight. Nah. I think we're, we're just <laughs> winding down here. <laughs> this is good. I love the Grinch. I, I don't know if I love the Grinch or I love Boris Karloff narrating the Grinch. But I think it's a combination of both. It's a wonderful story. And Boris Karloff. There is, it's just incomparable. There is nobody who could have done it as well. I wonder who put, who came up with the idea to do it for TV. It, I mean, I don't remember. I, I, as a kid, I remember seeing bits at the tail end of the thing, and listening to it with you, I, it's quite a production. It's I mean, a huge production. Yeah, I mean, think of the colors and the music, uh-huh. and the direction for Boris Karloff. It was quite a production. No, that. It sounds and looks so simple mm-hmm. when you see it as a finished product because mm-hmm. it's seamless. And yeah. it's, it looks so effortless, and therefore you know it was packed with effort to put this together. <laughs> but you're right. It, it was, and it's only a half an hour show. Mm-hmm. You know, because the animated good, presentation. Good stuff. Uh, but well, it's I- a Dr. Seuss. I guess it's like Snoopy. I mean, who thought to put Snoopy? Well, my mom yesterday watched the DVD set of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh-huh. And she went to the director's shock, and it's a, it's a, it's a terrific story. Um, the production, you know, I guess CBS uh, thought it was time to do a Christmas program. And they called it production and said they had a Christmas show. They said, yeah, we sure do. And actually, they did not. So they had to put something. <laughs> they played pretend that it was in the can yes. and then scrambled. And then they scrambled in a short oh, period of time. Geez. And they gave the CB- and CBS was totally disappointed in it. They didn't think it was going to be worth anything. And they put it on the air. And they were totally shocked what the reception it got. And they just really? Wanted- Wound up being a Christmas classic for for the the TV kids. You know, I think if there had not been a following for Peanuts to begin with, it might not have done as well. This was just an animation of characters that people had known and loved for so many years. So I I think if it were an introduction to Peanuts, it would have bombed. Yeah. Yeah. But because of Peanuts, I think it, it... gravitate it, it stuck uh-huh uh, no it, people people could not not love snoopy mm-hmm. they had to they had to love him in any form mm-hmm. how could you not like snoopy there must be somebody there might be somebody out there who grinch. don't love snoopy we have a grinch i i don't know anybody who i mean you might not like to stop there on the on the comic pages and read snoopy <laughs> He whiz. Who could not like Snoopy? Maybe this caller doesn't like Snoopy. <laughs> Hello there, your honor, Patricia. Good morning, it's Charles from New Jersey. Hello, Charles. Do you like Snoopy? Well, he's all right. <laughs> oh, gee. Boy, you Walden, you were right. He's, he's not He's not like you or Walden. Walden, there he, he's, not, he's quiet. He's not like you both. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're playing hardball tonight. <laughs> I'm, 
Hey, it's late. I'm usually in bed. <laughs> but you, you know, I mean, you can't have, you can't have a radio without noise. I know. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Gee, been, this. I love my TV, and I shut my TV off at twelve o'clock yesterday afternoon. I've had the radio on ever since. See, I hope it's us. Oh yes. Oh good. Oh good. I plan, and I plan to be here tomorrow night too. Oh, I, don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll make it to 6 in the morning tonight, but I'll try. We'll <laughs> we do still, that. We still have a couple of surprises for tomorrow. We didn't put them all in today. We have a couple left over for tomorrow, mm-hmm. and it should be fun. Oh, yes. Well, getting back to Peanuts, I, I like Charlie Brown Christmas, but the ones that, I, in fact, I watched them the other day, it was the uh, year without a Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town, you know, with Mr. Heat Miser and Mr... I don't know them. Is that the yeah, one? Is, is that the one where it's the origin of Santa? Still. It was a cartoon, well, and it, it showed how Saint Nicholas became Santa. Am I thinking? It was not. It was. It started. Well, it was animated. Uh huh. That's what. It started. It, it started Mickey Rooney as Santa Claus. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't. Re- I don't recognize that at all. I know. I, I missed a whole chunk of life here. Oh, they came out, I think they came out 60s or 70s? 70s. I know he did, I think he did the second Rudolph. At practically minimum wage, yeah. Because it usually airs mostly on, well, there's a channel, ABC Family. Yeah. And they always air it. At, and, of course, Frosty the Snowman, I enjoy those, too. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> well, now, with that bro I that did the, the cartoon version... With, uh, with that Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante, okay. Yeah, because Fred Astaire, Fred Astaire did the one, I think, Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. And it was also the year without a Santa Claus with, uh, I watched it the other day, Shirley okay. Booth. Shirley Booth, wow. I don't know that one. <laughs> well... And of course, the, the, the there's a movie that they they air all the time. I can't stand as a Christmas story. You don't like the Christmas story? No, I'm sorry, I don't. I haven't seen it yet. The Christmas story? What Christmas story? That's what, the, what? What? That's the one that the Red Ryder BB gun that they uh, always oh, talk. Oh, oh, with Gene Shepard. Yeah. 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 That's a, you know, he narrate. Oh, that was such a beautiful narration. Uh-huh. I've heard that one. And I'm not. Uh, I mean, I like Gene Shepard, but he's, it's not a show I would pull out to listen over some of the other shows that I still have in, in the backlog here. But, my gosh, that was good. Mm-hmm. He was so good with that. I think that what they do, of course, is they do with it. Miracle on 30, the original, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life. They air them, and yeah. they air them, and they air them nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's like, once is enough. <laughs> yeah. There's a show on this week, and it might have been on last week as well, that I remember seeing last year, and it, as you say, every time I go past that station, this <laughs> elf is standing there. I mean, this elf in this silly costume is standing there. It's one with uh, Bob Newhart, and somehow something got mixed up, and this regular, real-life, grow-up-to-be-a-big-boy type person wound up as an elf in Santa's workshop. And Bob Newhart plays one of these little itty-bitty elves, and... Um, you know, I guess it's a cute story, but how many times can you look at it? 
Oh, yeah, that's the one with, like, yeah, Elf the movie. It's with, uh... Is that it? The actor. Yeah, with uh, an actor I can't stand. I think, what's his name? Ah, uh, darn it. Will Farrell. Well, I don't, I don't know who it was. I did watch it one time all the way through last year, and it really is a cute story. Oh, yeah, but after, yeah, after a while, it's like uh, you get tired of it. You know, after the 34th time, it's, <laughs> it gets old, you know? Oh, yeah. So that, one's, that yeah. one is gobbling up one station over and over and over and over and over. Well, that's what they're doing with the Christmas story. The other day, they, they aired it 24 hours over and over and over again. It came out in the 80s. And I think I saw it once, and I didn't like it. And I said, that's enough. I'm not going to why waste time, you know? It, it saves on production costs at the station if they can play the same thing over and over again. But now that I have discharged my Grinchy hood, <laughs> um, what, else, what else did I like? What did I like this year? Um, there was a, a clip, a news clip, about a couple who did their house the way uh, you see them on YouTube with this orchestration and choreography to music and the, and the trees flash and they, the lights run off and on across the front of the house so it looks like the, the lights are moving themselves. Spectacular, absolutely spectacular. I don't know, it's a, it's a couple of thousand dollars for the, for the month of December for electricity alone. And they do it as a gift because they put collection pots out and they collected $4,000 for some children's group or children's charity. That was this year so far. And every year they do the same thing. It's just a gift of love. And they put this thing together. They said they start 11 months ahead of time. So that means that this year when Christmas is over, they're going to take down the decorations. They have already redesigned for next year. And in January, they're going to start putting it up again. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, people would do this as a gift to other people to come look and enjoy and smile at the pretty and collect money for children. And it's, it's all out of pocket for them. And you have, then you have the bad people out there that will steal it and take the money. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think this year I'm seeing a whole lot more good stuff than bad stuff. Thank God. That's nice. That's nice. Well, that's why I was, uh, Bill, earlier tonight I was talking to Walden off the air, and uh, he knows I've been going through some personal things, you know. I lost my, 23 years, I lost my job. They terminated me, which they did it all wrong. Now I got, I got a good thing in the mail today. It's looking good, so. Well, we'll hopefully, good uh, hopefully the best. Yeah, good. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, yes. Good stuff. Can't get any worse, that's no. for sure. Uh, 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 uh. I said that to another friend of mine earlier, and she, she did the same thing to me. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can settle for, it can always be better than what I'm dealing with now, but we'll leave the worst to somebody else to say. Just, just like it always could get colder in Florida, yep. <laughs> Hello? Who is this party to whom I am speaking, please? <laughs> Yes, it can get colder in Florida. Boy, you know, I mean, we really got beaten up a couple of weeks ago. Nobody cared. <laughs> Did you care? No. I can walk. We were in the 20s at night. Did you care? No. Was, Did you call and we? say, gee, I, wish, I hope Patricia's okay? No. 
<laughs> Bald and did. I know. I know. Well, at least, at least down there it didn't last. Up here it's lasting. See, you know, you've always got a bad side to stuff. Yes, it did break. It's only 52 degrees tonight, so we're we're just very cool here. Um, it'll be in the 40s by midweek next week. but And that's it. Not, oh, my goodness, 30s. Oh, my goodness. Starting Sunday night, it's going to be back in the 30s at night. Ooh. Well, they're saying that we may get a snowstorm Sunday night and Monday here. Who knows? Charles, enjoy huh? it. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't call to say, gosh, I, I hope Patricia's okay. I said, I said we may. They still don't know. It might take a turn down towards Florida. Who knows? Okay. Take heed. It will stay there. And it will snow. I have decreed. <laughs> she, she's a rough one, Walden. I know. <laughs> you know, you give this kid a night without sleep and she can turn into a bear. <laughs> oh, God. She is ferocious. Yes, she is. <laughs> I mean, she's really a nice person. Most of the time. She's she, always adorable. That's right. I'm adorable. <laughs> I do get vicious. Um, when Adore, you call next adorable. week and say, yes. oh, are you okay after that terrible weather? Then I'll feel sorry for you. <laughs> Until then, start shoveling, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shoveling. I think I'm shoveling right now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean what I'm saying and everything. Jeez. Oh, I know what you Honestly, there's I none. Of tonight, he could come up with ten, just one. Well, honestly, I don't think that, to me there's none actually. Really? I like it. Well, I like them. I like them all. Mm -hmm. But of course, it also depends who's singing them. You know? True. You know, like, oh, holy night, I like that. And there's two versions of that song I like, which, of course, are more, you know, '80s and that, but two. Two versions of Oh Holy Night I like is Michael Crawford and Josh Groban. Mm hmm Josh Groban is they... very good. He's got a beautiful oh, yeah. voice. Okay, how about your very bestest favorite? Ooh. <laughs> You're not cooperating, Charles. I'm not... Actually, there's hardly none I don't like either. Oh, gee. Well, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm giving you this perfect opportunity to be grouchy about and be a Grinch. And you're just bypassing the opportunity. <laughs> Nothing. Well, Walden, like, help us here. Grim, I like all the, you know, parody songs, like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I like oh, that one. For me. Are you serious? Yes! Okay, start shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> and the you-know-who I like, too. Who-who? Oh, then you-know-who. Those things? The one, the group you don't like. Yeah, the you know who. <laughs> three of them. There are three, right? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say because I'll get yelled at. Yeah, the you, yeah, the you who knew who 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 group. You won't. You won't get yelled at. You'll just have more to shovel. Chipmunks. No, see, there you go. Are you watching the sky? It's on its way. Jeez. That'll teach you. 
don't mess around with a kid in Florida. <laughs> That's funny. Are you really going to get snow this week? Honestly, they, they, they're they saying yes, but they don't know. Depends on how the track goes. Depends on how... That's what happens up here. You all come, you all get here, then all of a sudden make a turn, and we all get nothing. Oh, 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 the trough. Okay. I got it. Like, right, it's, and, you know, Atlanta's getting, well, not hit, but Atlanta's getting it, Tennessee's getting it. Yeah. They don't, they don't know. Well, you know, the coastal states in the last two years have just taken it on the chin. They have been targets of Mother Nature's hissy fits, and she really has had some honeys. Well, here, too, it's been, well, it's got, got, it started to get cold here in November, just like in Florida. Oh, poor Charles. <laughs> Boy. I will send you a form to fill out to report the abuse. <laughs> I don't know where you're going to send it. Who, who would get a form like that, Walden? Um, who would he have to send it to? Let's see. I'm not touching Shan that. Santa? Would Santa take over this? Would it be a Christmas wish? I don't think so. Oh, he'll, probably, he'll probably even throw it away. Yeah. I think he's too busy to entertain hissy fits. Well, Santa's too busy spreading the warm sunshine and humidity over Florida, right? Ah. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. Now here's here's a honey for you. We get picked on for humidity. When it was so cold last week, the humidity was sixteen percent. One six. Like the wind chill. Uh, no, that's that's the humidity. We couldn't get a snowflake if it went down to, to 20 below. It was 16%. We couldn't wring a snowflake out of that. Oof. I mean, you talk, I mean, it was like, whoosh, everything got sucked dry. It was, <laughs> you know, it was terrible. But I'm not going to tell you anything like that because you don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> bet you, bet you Donald Duck's feathers were had ice on them. Oh, I, you know, they did, because Orlando is even farther, quite a bit farther north than I am, and uh, you know, I'm about as far south as you can get before you hop into the Everglades, and it was cold here, so Orlando was 5 to 10 degrees lower, and I mean, forget Jacksonville and the north part of the state, Whew, those poor people, I mean, they were building. I know, they, I know, I saw on the news there that put sprinklers on the, uh, you know, all that vegetation, all that, so it would be all right, so. Yes. Um, the, um, for the, for the low growing vegetables, the dirt holds the heat from the water and it, it helps keep the leaves from freezing. And that, those are for the low growing ones. And when they turn on the overhead sprinklers, the overhead sprays in the citrus groves, it encases the fruit in ice and it seals the heat in. So the, the freezing air cannot get through and, um, freeze the fruit. So it depends on how long. I mean, you can't leave it cased in ice forever. But it is one method of protecting the fruit. Sounds silly to put them in an ice case to keep them warm, but that's, that's exactly what it is. So now we have educated people. Florida is a cattle-producing state. It was the first territory to have cattle as a, a cash deal type thing. And we have agriculture and you can freeze your fruit to keep them from freezing. Jeez. All of that in learn one a show. Learn a lot. Of, learn a lot on this show. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, 
you listen to Walden and you'll hear a lot better stuff than what I can give you. But that was good stuff. Huh? Say yes, Charles, and I'll save you from the snow. Yes. There you go. I don't go. mind the snow. I don't care. I really. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, well it's part of this weather. What are you going to do? Wait until next week. When you call next week and say, how come I got all this snow? And I will tell you because you didn't care, so I didn't do anything about it. <laughs> Well, I, I don't care because I won't. If I was working out, I'd be working outside it, in which I always did. I would care, yes, but I'm not going to be working out it, so I don't care. Okay, well, we won't care then. So, at <laughs> it, Mother Nature. Have a have a party with him. Okay, well, you don't have a Christmas carol or Christmas song that we need to cross off your list, and you don't even have a number one. Let's see who else has a Christmas song. Am I the only one here? We're listening. <laughs> no, I'm saying if there's anybody else out there who has Christmas songs that they want to either take off the list or move to the top of the list. They can give us a call. I have any. Somebody out there does. Yeah, they can give us a call. Well, I did, I did send you an email, Patricia. Uh, okay. I will check <laughs> my email, and you will have your uh, your shows. I hope so. I hope oh. the mailman can get it to him with all that snow coming. But. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> we are having a confrontational. <laughs> no, no, it's all. No, we're not. No, we're not. That was a joke. That was a joke. Honestly. I know. It's all, it's all fun. Come on. It's <laughs> Say what? I said it's all fun. <laughs> of course it is. Of course oh, it is. Oh, yes. You tell me that next week when you're under snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I play rough. Okay, let's see who else wants to be a victim here. Thank you, Charles. Yes, good night, Walden. All right. <laughs> good night, Charles. Good night, Patricia. <laughs> good. Make sure don't do the makeup. <laughs> kiss and makeup? Is that what you said? No, kiss and makeup. Oh, okay. Kiss makeup. I you said kiss and makeup. No, nope, I didn't use kiss. I just said makeup. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll make up. Yeah. He'll have to come back next week mm -hmm. and tell me how much snow they got. 714. Five four five two oh seven one our hotline number. Hmm, should we call Santa? Yeah, see where Santa is. We, we still have a couple of hours, huh? We, we do. Let's give it, let's give a Santa a call. Let's see here. Santa. Flying over the Rockies gets a bit bumpy here in Colorado, the Centennial State. I see there is some fine ski country down below, and I see the glow from fireplaces inside the ski lodges and some fine Christmas trees. I'll have to tell Mrs. Claus to get our skis ready for a little trip here. Ho, ho, ho. See There we go. That's cute. Yeah. They really did a nice job with those recordings. They've got a lot. They do. How many loops, how many are on the loop? Do you think? I think they started every day from the first. And I bet there's three, three cuts, three to four cuts a day. So I say four cuts a day. When you say four cuts a day? Four different versions. I think there's more than that. Just the other night alone, mm -hmm. you were calling. So that's what I'm thinking. For five or six. Well, but that's what I'm thinking. Four different ones each day that they issue. So I think, I bet in total, they produce what quote to 100. 
Okay, so they they would start the loop and it would run through the hundred and then start the loop all over again. Well, I'm thinking right? they. I think what they do is issue four each day. Oh, they, yeah. We haven't heard about Blitzen's girlfriend. You're right. Yeah. That was wasn't that an eye opener? Uh huh. Or a a knee knocker? Or uh -huh. gosh, I couldn't believe it. Or as as my sister would say, I couldn't believe it. It was just incredible to hear this hussy voice talking about Blitzen, and she's his girlfriend. Well, I wonder if we can call Nordak. Let's see. Maybe, well, why don't we call the kid line and see if there's anybody over there? They're awake. When you say the kid line, you mean to talk to somebody? Uh-huh. Not, not the interview. The last time what we did, we called the interview line. Yeah. It's a special line, but this would be for actual kids. And, and what are we going to... What are we going to call now? We're going to call Nordak. Okay. And what are you going to say to them? I'm going to say, how, where's Santa? Ah, okay. You know, why not? Wait, I'm a novice at this. I don't know these things. I don't either. I'm just a long time. Yeah. I'm just... I have so many things to do. So much to do. So little time. One. So one, nine, five, five, six, one, nine, one. And you hope you dialed the right number. Uh-huh. Well, I'm waking somebody up at 2 in the morning. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, I tracked down. This is Major Humphreys. Hello, Major Humphreys. This is Walton Hughes and Patricia from Yesterday USA Radio Network. Good morning. How, good. Excuse me. Is it good? Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. How are you doing today? Yeah. Good morning. It is good morning. Yeah. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Uh, how? How? Where is Santa right now? What's the latest news have you guys gotten about Santa Claus? Well, let's see here. I've got to scroll down on my computer screen here, and I'm looking at his current location as being Seattle, Washington, and looks like he's going to be heading to Columbia, Washington, within the next uh, five minutes or so. Wow. When does he get to Hawaii? Do you think? Well, let's see. We typically, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say exactly. Although we're getting getting closer and closer to being able to determine the, uh, you know, the, rest, the pretty much the end point. But it usually, usually we expect Santa to get into an area uh, between 11 and midnight local time. So you could just expect that he'll probably be in Hawaii about uh, about a, between 11 and 12 o'clock Hawaii time. Well, that sounds pretty good. What is the last stop on Santa's route? It's usually in the Hawaii and the Pacific Islands. That's usually where he uh, he ends up, and then uh, he starts heading back to his home. And I think when it, once he gets back to North Co so you could say his last stop is back to North Pole, actually, and that's where he's got some hot cocoa waiting on him for when he gets back home. And and the grouchy group of elves because they've been overworked. That's right. I'm sure they're all. I'm sure they've had a nice long winter's rest while Santa was out delivering, uh, you know, delivering toys. They'll probably have a nice little warm homecoming for him, but I imagine he'll uh, be ready to get back, get get some sleep himself pretty soon. Blessed peace. Um, Major, how many calls have you taken so far tonight? Do you know? Actually, we've got a record year this year. We have uh, actually surpassed 80,000 phone calls this year. So uh, it's been it's been wonderful, the response we've had. That's amazing. And how many hours do you still have left of answering phones? Uh, we got about, uh, let's see, about just, just under three more hours. So you've got plenty of time to push the number further. That's right, and we will. Yeah, we're every every call we make now is a new record breaker this year. Absolutely. My gosh, how many hours have you been there? Uh, we've been doing this since uh, 4 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, so uh, uh, pretty much about 
about 20 hours now. I'm, I'm astounded here. Okay, now you're, you've got we've got Christmas coming. We're we're at Christmas here, December twenty fifth. Mm -hmm. So you have family to celebrate Christmas with? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I have uh, my fiance is here uh, with her. You know, I'm here in Colorado Springs, and uh, my my fiance is here with uh, her son and uh, her parents. Uh, my family is out in East Tennessee, actually. My mom and uh, my extended family are out there, and you know, of course, I called them tonight and wished them all a a Merry Christmas, and uh, told all my young cousins where uh, where Santa Claus was. You know, because I'm a pretty uh, pretty popular with them, being that uh, I've got an end with Santa Claus. So <laughs> you've got the inside track, literally. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. fun. That is really fun. Do you live in the Colorado Springs area? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I live I live just uh, just northeast of Colorado Springs, uh, right at the uh, right at the edge of the plains. But uh, you know, I got a great view of the mountains, and uh, it's a wonderful uh, wonderful place to live. Oh, that's terrific. Um, my brother, when he when he looks out his rear window, he can see the academy across the way. So yeah. he's, he's in Colorado Springs waving hi and thank you to you guys. <laughs> well, that's great, and we appreciate it. We certainly do. Well, we sure appreciate you. Thank you so much for talking with us. Well, thank you for calling, and have a Merry Christmas. You too, Major Humphrey. Good to you and your family. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. What a nice service. Oh, my goodness. And they talk to this kid, the kids all night long with this. This is just incredible. So wow. More than 80,000 already, and that, that they thought was going to be the record-breaker number when we talked to Lieutenant Commander Lewis earlier. Uh -huh. He said they had 74,000 last year, and they thought that they would hit 80,000 this year. Well, guess what? <laughs> they, they undershot their own runway. So wow. Let's, let's give out the number for those of you who want to call uh, NORDAC, Santa, see where, how Santa going at 1-877-446-6723. That's 1-877-446-6723. And, or you just think of 1-877-HI-NORDAC, N-O-R-A-D, or if you want to get surf on the net. It's www.nordadsanta.org. Wonderful group of people. Yeah. Can you imagine sitting at phones for 24 straight hours because you want to give a gift to kids? And we've been there for 13 hours and I'm falling into my computer. They have the Christmas spirit. They do. I mean, they, they really, really do. Yeah. And what's doubly nice is that it's apparently contagious because mm -hmm. more and more people are finding out about it. When you do something like that, it's nice for people, and people do nice things for other people. Did, Except Charles, who's going to get snow. Did they do nice things at hospitals? Did they, did, were there a group that made sure little kids got taken care of at the hospitals over the years? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, you, you always had groups of people who would come in and do Christmas caroling throughout the hospital. Right. Well, you know, for some people, that's a good thing or a pleasant thing. Mm -hmm. I, I won't say a good thing. It's a pleasant thing. For other people who are dealing with really critical family issues and perhaps a dying person who's very close to them, and you hear people coming through singing jingle bells, it doesn't cut it, you know? Yeah. So it's a delicate thing. Um, but when it comes to paying attention to kids for Christmas, most of the kids in my hospital 
had parents or foster parents who took very good care of them. Rarely would we have a child who was who, who really needed some extra special attention and TLC at Christmas time. And certainly there were people, you know, the nursing staff would take care of that in a heartbeat. So, uh, you know, we had some really good people would, working there. Would nurses sure pull money out of their own pocket just to make sure if they knew a kid needed something, a little teddy bear or something? You bet. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. They would take a lunch break and come back with a teddy bear. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just they just cared about the kids. They cared about their patients. You know, the, the, the um, adult patients frequently got the same things. When I say the same things, I mean in, in, uh, in kind. Where, you know, someone who didn't have family or didn't have people yeah. coming to visit yeah. would need uh, a, a little extra. No, no extra love. a long way with an adult, too. Yeah. Well. Not that. That's good. Yeah. You know what? Adorable, you got a big heart. <laughs> we, there are a lot of people in this world who have a big heart. Yeah. Except Charles is going to get snow. <laughs> <laughs> Seven one four. Five four five two zero seven one. You can give us a call. See how we're doing. I know Patricia is doing an omen job, considering she's been working on three hours of sleep. I think what she did last night is work on all her questions for all the interviewers and just forgot to take a, a nap. No, she didn't do that. She just woke up. Uh, oh, poor me. Yeah. Uh, see, you do feel sorry for me. This is good. I know. Poor me. Poor I me. know. I know. <laughs> As if I needed. I don't need that. We have to save that for people who really need it. I know. Like Charles, who's going to get snowed on. <laughs> <laughs> you find that amusing? Oh, just the way you are. Just oh. the way you are. You tickle my tiny, you know, my, my, my tickle bone. <laughs> you tickle bone. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Okay, here's another Christmas tree fact. I have to get out different stuff here. Hold okay. on just a second, please. There, there, there's a poor lady who's been finding a little, little cold. Little, uh, little thing. Yeah, she still sounds squeaky. But you know, oh, he, I will be better. He sounds really good, though. I think you helped. I think the later we go, the more the more open up you are. The more open up I am, you uh-huh. mean like Charles is going to get snow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, are normal. you listening, Charles? Yeah. Yeah. Hold yeah. on just a minute, please. Okay. Yeah, look at this. We'll turn down Patricia for a second. Order her catch her breath. And what play a Christmas song. Why not? We're White Christmas. I don't think I've heard White Christmas yet. Let's see here. Here we go. I had a white Christmas. Here we go. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know The treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm 
Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry I don't think I ever will get tired of that song. No, nobody will. He, how did he learn how to whistle like that? I don't know, but he was gifted. You know, musicians hate him. You know why? Why? Because he felt he was best voice at 8 in the morning. You know, <laughs> musicians you know, were night people, and they prefer to record late at night. Of course. And, I mean, Phil Harris references that all the time. Yeah, and so... Yep. Uh, so uh, Ming felt he was always best voice at 8 in the morning. That's when he recorded stuff. Oh, it's amazing. He had such good background music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Okay. Oh, my. That's so, funny. Yeah. Why did I you know what's astounding to me, and I've mentioned this before, that so many of the most enduring singers from that era mm-hmm. were smokers. Yeah. And it did not seem to clang at all with their voices. Yeah. Like Dean, Dean Martin would sing with a cigarette in his hand. Right. Sinatra. Be Como smoked. I don't know if Como smoked or not. I don't know. Oh, but Sinatra did. Sinatra did. Now now I'll have to go check on, yeah. on Perry Como. I'm already in figgy pudding here. <laughs> because I knew you were going to ask about figgy pudding. Crosby. But now I have to check yeah. on Perry Como. But so many of these are just walked around with cigarettes in their hands. Mm-hmm. And they were regular smokers. I mean, it was not like one a night or... No. You know, have one before I go to work today. Yeah, they were honest to goodness smokers, and they still had these wonderful, clear, crystal voices. Well, you know, Sinatra's key was his breath control. Right. And because he, because he learned from Tommy Dorsey, Tommy Dorsey breathed from the side of his mouth. If you ever watch Tommy, if you ever watch any videos of Tommy Dorsey. He never takes any deep breaths. He's always breathing through the side of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And Sinatra never caught on that. 
Because he was always, when he was Dorothy, he was always watch the back, his back, and never watch him inhale. And Dorothy told him. And so Sinatra saying that way, also he was an average swimmer. So, uh, so his lung capacity was probably pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, we're, I listen to the best of the best of that period. I, you know, they, maybe because it was a style, it was just a romantic style, it was really easy to listen to. And maybe because they didn't, um, in other words, they didn't force it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like some of these rock and roll singers of today who you just wonder, can they really do a, It's like they fall out screaming at you on some of this stuff. Right. And you know, that's got to be hard on the voice. Oh, my goodness. It's hard on the ears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it does to the voices. I mean, truly. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I'm, I'm going to um, go out in my driveway and find my tires flattened on this one. But who would know the difference if they had wrecked, if they wrecked their vocal cords screaming into a microphone, making noises that are backed up by over-amped electric steel guitars? Yeah. Who's going to know if their voices are wrecked? Uh, also, maybe because um, my delicate ear- ears, I, I, you know, I didn't listen to a lot of rock and roll of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. A lot of it couldn't understand. And a lot of it makes you want to call the voices. They didn't know, they didn't necessarily want for qual- the, the tone. No. And the voices. There was not a factor for the singing the song. If you stripped out the music tracks and heard just the plain old vanilla singing, mm-hmm. it was, it is still today, it is a bad kindergarten version of a little kid who thinks he can sing. Uh-huh. There is no sound, there is no tone, there is no reverberation, there is nothing. It is strictly a voice with musical accompaniment. Yeah. Very odd. How did we get into this? I don't know. What happened? What happened to our, what happened to our, what happened to our American songbook? Somebody snowed on it. I, I guess so. I mean, and I know a lot of people think Elvis changed the way we sound from the from the uh, American songbook East style to the rock. But Elvis had a great voice. Yes, he did. He had a great voice. And he did some genres that are evergreens yes. they're forever um he he was a fabulous gospel singer yes it took me a while to recognize that he was a gospel singer that yeah. was his first love mm-hmm. and so what happened i mean we had we had went to sleep we had other singers of that period they had rhythm they necessarily huh? didn't you know uh, i'm thinking bill haley you know, Rock Around the Clock, I'm thinking uh, uh, Little Richard, all those guys had rhythm. They necessarily didn't, know. Sure. They didn't, necessarily didn't have the uh, the Elvis smooth mm-hmm. sounding. Gary Lee Lewis? Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about rhythm. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Have you heard the clip that's up on, actually it's not, it's longer than a clip. Um, it's Ray Charles, Fats Domino, and Jerry Lee Lewis. No, I have not. I'm going to find that, and you click on it. Okay. They start out one at a time. It starts out with 
um, Ray Charles. And he's singing, and I can't remember what they're singing. It's a song you'll, re you'll recognize. And in the middle of Ray Charles, out comes Jerry Lee Lewis, and he sits down and starts playing and singing. with. And they've all got their own pianos. And there's a third piano up there. Nobody knows who's going to come out. And while these two are singing, who sits down but Fats Domino? And he starts to play and sing. And all three of them are up there playing and singing. And it is just spectacular. Wow. I will find that for you and send a link. All you have to do is click on it and listen. That'd be great. You're not going to let it go. You're going to, you, you cannot just close it out and say, gee, wasn't that nice. You're going to have to play it again. That's the problem. You know, I was, um, I was last week, last Sunday, I played the Ronald Coleman narrating the Handel Messiah with a 300-piece orchestra. Uh -huh. I mean, 300-voice 300, 300 a company missing handle Messiah for one hour and I played about five minute interview with the guy who helped produce and direct that and in his opinion of all the artists form the one that will last forever is music mm -hmm. and I think in some cases that's probably true absolutely you know it's something about music I think that once it grabs your soul or captures your heart it stays with you you know, you could, could you now let me ask you this: a songwriter, what gift does a songwriter have that other writers don't have? Oh my goodness! Is it is it hearing is a melody it, and a what? rhythm? Mm -hmm. Is it hearing a melody and a rhythm in their head and they can put down on paper? Well, we're talking a lyrics writer or or a songwriter. Uh, lyrics lyrics writer first, I guess. Uh, or a lyricist. A lyricist has a sense of rhythm that most writers don't have. Mm -hmm. And when I say rhythm, I mean a smooth transition from one word to another. There's no nothing jarring. Um, the words just go together, and he can hear them in his head. I can't hear, I can't hear words in another medium. So he's, he's listening to what the words sound like and what they're going to sound like in a musical setting. So, I mean, I guess it's too two different skills that are coming together to create a single product. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an interesting question. We need Ira and George. Uh-huh. They would be nice. I'm not, I wonder if they could have even explained it. Maybe not. I wonder who, of the, of the, uh... They were just together, you know? Oh, well, you think of Irving Berlin. Yeah? He did everything in the same key. You know, he really didn't know music. He, he, he did everything in the key. Same key. So you know that was born. All the stuff he wrote. Mm -hmm. Um Gershwin, you know, I mean can you imagine he was gone by age thirty eight? Uh all that talent, everything he did in such a short period of time to think you know, about. I know. And his last year was not at it, I mean he was in such excruciating pain from the a brain tumor that, um, you know, you might as well cross out the last year of his life. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew what was wrong with him, and, you know, giving him an aspirin, for goodness sakes, and the poor man had a brain tumor. Yeah. So his productivity and his ability to perform was was compromised. I mean, he still did it almost up to the time of his death. He was still performing. But it was, it, it could not have been with the energy and the quality and the and the verve that he had during the rest of his life, but at 38, and look at what 
Yes. You know, if if he had lived to a normal life expectancy, yeah, we'd be swimming in his work. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mozart, I think he was thirty-five. Some of the great uh, composers were, mm-hmm. did not live very long. No, and artists too. Mm-hmm. People like Picasso and Dali were exceptions to uh, to what has happened in other areas. Wow. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Nobody calls us in the next minute or two. I think we might play another show. I think that would be terrific. Yeah. Cause it's Walden's favorite show. Uh huh. You love that show. I love the show. Mine well, are just pure entertainment that make me laugh. Yours has social and emotional substance. I, I am. Well, you know me. It I'm, really is. I, I'm a I'm a touchy feely kind of guy. I mean, huh? I cry. On the, it's a wonderful life. Do you? I do. I have, and not all the time, but I have. I I, I it touched something in me. I guess it's the Jimmy Stewart playing the common guy. What's the theme? Why am I here? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. I think we've all been there, done that, that part of our life. It's a visceral response. You're mm-hmm. right. It, it just reaches in and grabs your gut because mm-hmm. every one of us has felt something similar to it at one time or another. Yeah. You know what's really good about that? Well, there are a thousand things that are good about it, but I was explaining to somebody the other night, the, the and I may have explained it to you as well, the, um, the Christmas Carol, a Christmas Carol, a current... Performance, an actual movie with real people, no animations or right. um, I can't, I don't even know what they call it when they. A straight production. Yeah, a straight production, basically. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> and it was just the most extraordinary presentation of a Christmas Carol. It was not entertainment in the sense that you were just kind of leaning back with your hands behind your head, waiting for them for the rest of the story to unfold. Yeah. These people performed so well that you understood what they were feeling. They weren't telling you what was going on like they were in a two-dimensional story. You really felt with these characters. And that is such an extraordinary piece of artwork when when you can capture people and draw them in and make them feel as you feel during... It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. That's such a commentary to the people who performed those roles. Also, sure, feel about the opening scene of Orson Welles' uh, Christmas Carol. I just love he decided to put the English carols in to help set up that whole performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a touch. It's, it's a wonderful touch yeah. to get you in the mood of the story. Uh, you know, what was the first Christmas old-time radio show do you recall that you heard six or seven years ago? Anything right off okay, the bat? Um... I, it would have to have been a Gildersleeve or a Fibber McGee. Uh-huh. I, but I don't remember which one. I mean, I was just, I was so excited about having found these things. Yeah. And I was like a kid eating M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> so to try to remember which one I heard first, I guess, is impossible. Uh-huh. These are M&Ms for me. What a great analogy, Patricia. <laughs> Thank you, Walter. <laughs> Well, one thing about those, we there's no calories with them, Patricia. This is true. And you know what? They last longer. They don't melt in your mouth or your hands. <laughs> and and they just are so good. 
it, yeah. and you can go back and, and have them all over again. That's true. If you eat an M&M, it's gone. But you can go back and have a show a second time. That's true. Well, some of these shows <laughs> we've listened to umpteen million times, and I don't get tired of these things. I just, no. You know, I just, no. I mean, I never get tired of my Christmas tree and my Christmas decorations no. with Fibber, and you never get tired of the one that's coming up. Yeah. Are you ready for it? I'm ready, my dear. Okay. Would you like to introduce it? Sure. This is a great one. Let's go. Let's turn the clock back. It's a Tuesday night. Christmas <coughs> Eve in 1946. And we're blessed to have both the Red Skelton and Bob Hope shows of those nights. So if you ever get in the mood where a Christmas night, a Christmas Eve night on the rail would be on a Tuesday night. Choose this date, December 24th, 1946, one of the classic Christmas shows of all time in my book. It's River trying to help all the little girls and boys in Whistle Vista. So, here we go. Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, V. Benadaret, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. You know, it isn't very often that we have the privilege of coming into your home on Christmas Eve. In fact, we figured it out this morning and discovered that it's happened only three times in the past 11 years. Well, that makes tonight a very special occasion for all of us on the show and for the makers of Johnson's Wax. So, on behalf of Fibber and Molly and all the rest of us, here's hoping you have a very happy holiday season. We take you now to the Wistful Vista branch of Santa Claus Incorporated, where we find one of St. Nick's little helpers hard at work. He's got a room full of broken toys, a handful of broken tools, and a future full of broken fingers. Ow! That's right. This touching scene has been repeated at intervals all week. And all Mrs. McGee can say right now is... Oh, dear. As we join Fibber McGee and Molly. How's it coming, McGee? You got many more toys to fix? Many more to fix. My gosh, yes. About 150. All together? About five of them are all together. <laughs> the other 145 are all apart. But I can do it. Now, look. You see this little music box? I think I got this fixed. Oh, play it. Okay. Well, I wind it up. Listen to this. <laughs> 